All right. Well, good morning, wherever you may be joining us from. Welcome. Uh, one of the benefits of streaming, having uh, u- utilizing this technology, is that we are in 195 countries now. So uh, I get the privilege to announce the launch of Indie Vineyard International Ministries starting today. So we, we are obviously in this situation due to the circumstances surrounding COVID-19. And um, my dad actually sent me a, tech, a, a quote from A.W. Tozer. Uh, Tozer said, a, a scared world needs a fearless church. And though we're scattered this morning, we're not doing so out of fear, but we're doing so out of love and preference for those who may be compromised uh, due to this virus. And this actually gives us an opportunity to love our neighbors as ourselves and to ask God to move in the hearts of others to be open to him. And that actually ties in well to our 24-7 prayer room that we have going on, the theme of which is make room. The, our hope, our prayer, is that um, through different ways that we talk about each week, um, God would make a way in our lives to us and through us to others. So our prayer room started about 15 years ago with the prayer experiment, and it was with the idea of what would happen if we set aside time to seek God uh, in prayer and worship and just to be with him. Now, our series is also called Make Way, and a couple of weeks ago, Randy talked about the idea of repentance and confession uh, helps make way for God in our lives and gave us the practice of examine for us to spend time with God to see, search our hearts and reveal um, to us any ways that aren't consistent with who he is. Then last week he gave us uh, the practice of active listening through active friendship, being the type of friend that we desire to have. Gave us some great practical tools of how we could be the type of friend that we desire. And this morning, we're going to talk about intercession. And so have you ever had someone speak up on your behalf? Have you ever had a person, uh, a friend, invite you into his or her friend group and they were your in into this new group of friends? Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, my department or my company has an opening that I think you would be great for. And if you're interested, uh, I will put in a good word for you with my boss. Or have you ever had somebody write a letter of recommendation for you that was so glowing, you wondered if maybe they had you confused with somebody else and you wanted to get to know this person? Those are all encouraging experiences and examples of intercession. And this morning I want to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. So if you have a Bible, um, turn with me there. I'll, I'll read that for us. Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray, um, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. So, Father, we know um, that you are with your people wherever we may be this morning. Jesus, you are the great intercessor. And so I ask this morning that you would release on us, release within us, Uh, the spirit of intercession, spirit of grace and supplication. Thank you for what you have for each person this morning. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. See, to intercede is to stand before another on behalf of someone else. This morning, what I want you to remember is that God makes a way in our lives through intercession, and intercession is joining the internal conversations of the Trinity. When God makes a way in our lives through intercession, it's to experience more of who he is and to increase our desire for his kingdom to come. The first aspect of this that we see this morning is that of the Trinity's internal conversations is that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Verse 26, Paul says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. The likewise referring to the previous seven verses where Paul talks about that creation and our bodies are groaning and they're weak and they're, they're calling out for something more, for the new heavens and the new earth. In the same way, we are weak and we don't know how to pray. Have you ever had a situation where you didn't know how to pray? That where words wouldn't form on your lips or in your heart or mind? In those times, at all times, but in those times, the Spirit knows how to pray. This is the confidence that we have, that the Father knows what the Spirit is praying Because the Spirit prays according to God's will. John writes this in his his letter, uh, 1 John 5, 14 to 15. He says, this is the confidence we have before him. 
If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that, that we have what we asked of him. So when the Spirit intercedes for us, we know that he's praying according to God's will, and the Father will grant whatever the Spirit asks. This passage, uh, verses 28 through 30, is often used to prop up various theological views. But what struck me is that intercession, in particular the Holy Spirit interceding, working with circumstances, is to bring about uh, what God wants within our lives. That our circumstances in the Holy Spirit's prayers is about God doing good in our lives, working things out for good. Verses 28 to 30 are a longer version of what Paul says in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the internal conversations that the Holy Spirit is having with the Father is saying good things about you. He only knows how to say good things about you and me. There is rejoicing over in heaven over how whatever we're going through is going to be worked out for our good and for God's glory. This is to make us more like Jesus. This is how God makes a way for us to experience more of his presence and to desire more of his kingdom. Whenever we're interceding for someone else, we are joining the Trinity's internal conversations. We are partnering with the Holy Spirit in agreeing for the good things that he's saying on behalf of someone else. So Paul says not only is the Holy Spirit interceding for us, but Jesus is interceding for us too. Jesus is praying for you right now. He is contributing to the internal conversations of the Trinity. Some of the things that I'm sure he's praying because of what he said on earth is he wants to set us free from bondage. He wants us to view God and ourselves rightly. He wants his people to be one as he and the Father are one. It's wild to me that the members of the Trinity would speak to one another when they're united and unified in will and character. It says something that they would speak out whatever they are desiring for us. Because oftentimes when I think of knowing somebody really well, it's anticipating his or her needs or picking up on nonverbal cues, like grabbing a jacket when I go out with my wife, knowing that she's going to want it and be cold later. Or if I get a snack or a drink, I grab an extra for someone else, knowing that when they see what I have, they would want that as well. But it's important that the Son and the Spirit speak out, whatever that looks like, what they are interceding for us before the Father. The author of Hebrews says, therefore, earlier he talked about because Jesus is a permanent high priest forever, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Some say this is Jesus' job right now. His role is to be interceding on our behalf. Again, he is interceding for each and every one of us right now, asking only good things. He is the intercessor par excellence. 
We read in John 17, his longest recorded prayer, and it's actually interceding for his church. Or toward the end of Luke's gospel, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew all that would happen. He knew that Peter would deny him and that he would restore Peter one day. And so in confidence, he prays to the Father for a protection around Peter. He wants us to flourish in him. Now, it's important to note that the Son and the Spirit are not trying to convince the Father. Often we have negative images of the Father as if he's an angry judge ready to throw the book at us or the disciplinarian Father who carries with him the fear of just wait till your Father comes home. But look at what Paul says in this passage. In verse 27, the Father knows the mind of the Spirit because it's his mind too. In verse 32, he, uh, he didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all and will graciously give us all things. In verse 31, that God is for us. Verse 33, God justifies so no one can condemn. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all conspiring for you. They're conspiring for you to bring about good in your life. That's their internal conversations. Paul goes on to say that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The position over each one of us who are in Christ is cannot be separated from the love of God. The Holy Trinity is having internal conversations about you right now, about how to make a way in your life. They want to bring us to a place where we desire and experience more of God's presence and desire more of his kingdom to come and for his will alone to be done. So again, the Spirit is interceding for you. Jesus is interceding for you. And the Father is joyfully hearing those prayers and working them along with your circumstances to bring about good. That's the internal conversation that the Trinity is having about you and me. That's good news that brings about an amazing opportunity. We have the privilege to intercede for others that, and, and to remember that someone or multiple people have interceded and are interceding for you right now. The Father wants us to partner with him by asking him to make a way in the life of another that they would desire and enjoy God's presence and desire more of his kingdom to come. Now, intercession is one of those practices where hearing stories inspires us. So if you find yourself right now or at any time desiring to intercede for another, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit working. Intercession, when it doesn't benefit us, is a selfless act. And our default setting is selfishness. So we need the Holy Spirit to intercede for other people. And fortunately, he's really good at it. This is a praying church. There are many opportunities throughout the week, and I'm going to highlight a few of those later. 
But let me say, we as a staff and elders, we need your prayers. Charles Spurgeon uh, was a pastor in England in the 19th century, and he led a church called uh, the London Tabernacle. Now, London Tabernacle was the church of the 19th century. Spurgeon was one of the most famous pastors of his day, and people wanted to know what was his secret. And one day, an American pastor had a chance to interview uh, Spurgeon, and he said, in America, we debate, what's the reason for your great influence? And so what would you say? And Spurgeon paused for a moment, and then he said, my people pray for me. Now, that's not just nice pastoral platitudes, because there's another story, well-known story, where one summer day, um, some American college students showed up to the church, and they were early, and still today, that's how we know visitors, because they show up early. And they, they were greeted by a gentleman who was a part of the church, and he was making them feel welcome. And eventually he says, do you want to see our boiler room? And they thought it a bit odd because it was July, a hot, a hot summer day. But they didn't want to be rude, so they said, yeah, show us your boiler room. And so he takes them down into the basement, and he opens this room, and there's hundreds of people praying in this room, interceding on behalf of Charles Spurgeon, those who would become who would be coming later that morning, and for those in the city. They were asking God to make a way in the lives of others. They wanted more of God's presence and more of his kingdom in London. Now, those are great stories of a pastor who lived across the pond a century and a half ago, but we actually have some contemporary stories here. So I uh, had invited a few friends to come share some stories. First, I want to have uh, Dale and Tammy Crabtree come up and talk about how intercession um, has played played a role in their lives, and uh, and share a story with us. So Dale, are we on? Let's see. There we go. All right. So Dale's going to share a uh, a strategy or how intercession has been an important strategy for him, and then Tammy has a has a story of something that happened here in our midst uh, a number of years ago. So, yeah. uh, it was at a retreat, a singles retreat, decades ago when we were single, and um, <laughs> obviously. Um, and uh, the speaker was a guy named Dr. Garland Bear, and I, this is the only time I'd ever heard of him. But anyway, he had said that when he feels some sort of spiritual oppression, that he um, engages in intercessory prayer. He says Satan hates intercessory prayer. And so when he prays that way, when he intercedes for others, he feels that spiritual oppression just lift. And so, you know, I've remembered it all that time. This is at least 30 years ago. And um, so for me, I, I have a particular temptation and that that bothers me. And um, when it occurs, I, I use his strategy and I, I pray for our family atheist, um, the, my, my wife's um, nephew in law, uh, a guy named Probably shouldn't say his name. Um, <laughs> uh, he, We're worldwide, remember. Uh, he, he, and his initials are Kevin Wolf. Um, <laughs> did, I, did I say that? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so uh, Kevin isn't just an atheist. He's an angry, antagonistic atheist. And um, so I pray for him. And um, when, when this thing arises, and, you know, there have been days when, you know, I pray for him six, seven, eight, nine, time tens a day. Hmm. And, uh, but... I haven't seen the result of my prayers yet in his life. 
Uh, lately, I've noticed that his Facebook posts are less vitriolic. So, so there's that. But um, I, whether or not I see the results, he should be prayed for. Mm. And this is my reminder. Yeah. And so lately, that temptation really hasn't been on my mind so much. And so now I have to oh, find... I have to find a new strategy to prove for Kevin. But um, anyway, that's, I use it strategically. And um, it is spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. Yeah, so that's great. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, I had an, an odd experience. It was a few years ago. It was probably after the first year that we had been here at the vineyard. But we came in, and there was this um, young man kind of seated in the back. And the Lord somehow let us. I was sitting right next to him, and I just had this really strong impression that this young man was having some kind of spiritual battle. It's like uh, he needed Jesus, or I just started praying, and it kind of lasted through the whole service, and it was pretty intense. And it's, I was not one of these real intercessory prayer people, so it was like, but the Lord was definitely leading me, and so I just kept praying and praying and praying for this young man, and was kind of toward the end of the service was just and I did I felt really kind of weird about the whole thing so toward the end of the services I kind of had my hand out and this young man like took my hand and it was the sweet confirmation that what Christ was calling me to do at that time was actually that it was making a connection and we don't always get those when we're doing intercessory prayers so that was just a sweet thing and then Dale remembered that that week Randy did sort of an impromptu altar call, which he doesn't typically do. And this young man went up and and talked to Randy about it. So it was um, it was just a, a sweet time and nice to see God work that way. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's such a great reminder that sometimes our intercessory prayers are immediate, and sometimes they can be years and years. Uh, the next friend I want to invite up is Judy Gilbert, who um, has has interceded for many people over, over numerous years and uh, just has some great lessons that she's learned uh, along the way that I've asked her to, to share with us this morning. Thanks, Adam. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys with what God has encouraged me over the years. It seems that as I look back over 20 or 30 years, really, God seems to um, lead me to crisis situations mostly um, medical health issues with dying people or um, those that have been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm just compelled. I cannot not be in intercession for them. And so one of the things he spoke to me years and years ago uh, through a testimony I heard was, choose faith or fear. Hurry up. Your life depends upon it. And that is something I do often um, because fear is right there. And God even showed me recently that it's like we have two fathers. We have two fathers. We have the father of lies and we have our earthly, or our heavenly father. And he says, choose faith or fear. Hurry up. Your life depends upon it. And when we choose faith, that's our part. I choose faith, God. That's as simple as it has to be. It's like we take a step towards our heavenly father. And then he empowers us and empowers us and gives us words and scriptures. And, and it's endless what he can in, um, impart to us. And so I've been doing that a lot lately. I choose faith, God. I've done it when I've had a situation where 
someone told me that something was getting ready to happen and I was crippled in fear. And I just said, I choose faith. And the fear just kind of settled down and then God gave me something and then, you know, I was full of faith again to pray for that thing. I've also had a situation um, where God has shown me that uh, I'm par- I really am sometimes paralyzed in fear. Yesterday I was paralyzed in fear um, for a few minutes anyways, and then it lingered throughout the day. When, it, when I realized that my, I forgot that my son struggles with asthma. And I went, it just hit me um, because I forgot about that. And so I had to deal with that. I had to choose faith over him. And then um, what he's shown me is I put my hands out, and I pretend my left hand is out. I have both hands out, and I say, God, my son has struggled with asthma. I can't handle that. He can't handle that. It's yours. And I give it to him. And I say, it's yours. And sometimes when you're that paralyzed in fear, you, that has helped for me, is just to speak it out, everything that's paralyzing me. What if the coronavirus, you know, it, it's, it's yours, Lord. It's yours. You paid the price for that. And so then sometimes I, I, um, the Lord speaks to me, and then I get to give it back for John or for anyone else. It's like, do this, pray this, do that. So to me, that's intercession. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm carrying somebody over here, and I'm giving it literally to the Lord. And then sometimes he will give me words of encouragement back for that person. Oftentimes he does. Um, the other thing that I realize is, you know, we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I pray, I ask God, I say, how can I partner with you to bring your kingdom on the earth? How can I partner with you? You are a big God. This isn't determined on my gifts or my calling or my abilities, but it's because you're so big that I expect creative strategies. And he gives them creative strategies. And so, you know, we have the mind of Christ. When I'm focused on Jesus... When I'm talking to him, and sometimes the enemy wants to interrupt, I say, you know, this is between God. You just be gone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm focusing on God, and I have the mind of Christ already. So when those creative strategies come, I get to just agree with them and say, yeah, let's do that, God. Make that happen. And he just recently, a couple days ago, started showing me, in praying for the coronavirus that he gave me a picture of David and Goliath and David killed Goliath with his, with Goliath's sword. And so it was Goliath's own sword that, that destroyed him. And then he reminded me about Jehoshaphat and how they worshiped God and God caused the armies that were against Jehoshaphat's armies to um, destroy each other. So I was like, that's a good idea, God. Mm -hmm. Coronavirus, destroy yourself in Jesus' name. We get to worship. We get to praise. We get to stand in the gap um, for our friends and and our loved ones and let God destroy the enemies that are around us. So that's my testimony. That's great. Thanks, you. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully you are being stirred up.
for intercession this morning. But maybe you're thinking, I'm not an intercessor because you've created a a box that an intercessor fits just within a certain box. And last week, um, Jacqueline did a, a lunch for David's Army for one of our intercessory prayer ministries. And she talked about how there's some people that they pray for hours and others kind of pray in passing. Some pray from a list and they just go through a list faithfully and others come before God and they say, what do you want me to pray and who do you want me to pray for? And so what I love about that is there's so much freedom for being an intercessor. It doesn't have to fit in any one box. If you desire to pray for other people, you are an intercessor. And I actually want us now to move to a time of corporate intercession wherever, wherever you are. So, Nate, if you want to come up, uh, Nate's going to play some music for us. So there's a few of us who are here this morning. We're going to gather in groups and pray. And at, wherever you are at home, uh, pray through these things. I'm going to guide us through this model. It, we're just going to follow a simple up, in, and out model. Uh, you may or may not know this, but President Trump declared today to be a day of prayer. But actually, um, I think he's just agreeing with the Lord because we had this plan for a couple of weeks. So I think the Lord had already declared this to be a day of prayer. And fortunately, our president just agreed with him. Um, So as I said, we're going to do up, in, and out. Um, There will be one of these practice sheets available to download. I would encourage you throughout the week, get this, pray through it. um, Spend time every day praying for the various ministries uh, spend time praising God. So that's that's the up part. We're going to start with with praising God. Uh, I'm going to read from Colossians 1, 15 to 20. Just agree with this hymn that the Apostle Paul wrote. Um, so I will, I'll start us off, and after a few minutes, I'll move us on to the next section. So Jesus, we come before you, and we say that you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That you are the holy, holy, holy one who was and is and is to come. You are, as Paul said, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By you all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through you and for you. You are before all things, and in you all things hold together. You are the head of the body, the church. You are the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything you might be preeminent. In you is all the fullness of God that was pleased to dwell and through you to reconcile to God all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace by your blood.
churches um, around around the area. You know, if you're thinking of different churches to pray for, pray for the, the church that you grew up in. Pray for the church where you used to attend, where your friends attend. The churches that maybe you're not super excited about, but they're they're still a part of Jesus' church. Pray for them. You know, pray that God would, would bless them, would increase the fruit of what he's doing uh, for the various ministries we have our children's ministry our youth ministry um, our, our healing room sozo so many different ministries but i'm just going to pray paul's prayer in colossians 1 9 to 14 so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So, Father, we just, we bless your church. We bless the various ministries of this church. We say increase the fruit. Father, increase the good work that you are doing. Help us to know you, know you more deeply. is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So pray for the community. Pray for the businesses on 82nd Street. Merlin Gonzalez every Wednesday is going out and talking with those businesses and praying with them. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. So, Lord, we ask for that. Raise up laborers for the harvest. Help people in this community to come to know you. Just we bless the communities. We pray for open doors 
to be able to share the good news of Jesus. We pray for our leaders that you would give them wisdom and righteousness, our local, state, and national leaders as they decide what needs to be done with the coronavirus, the best course of action to take. And Father, we, we also take this time when we, we repent. We repent of times that our hearts are cold to those who don't know you. that we're indifferent to who you are and our need for you.
So if either of those relates with you, wherever you are, just put your hands out. There's nothing magical, but just to, to receive. It's just a posture of receiving. And so, Father, for those to, for whom this applies, I just say release uh, the spirit of intercession. The, the Holy Spirit is the intercessor. And so may we know him in that way and come into agreement with what he's doing.